Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the show. Video. This is episode 602 of the show. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. Uh, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell if you'd like more tech, gaming, and entertainment content. We'll definitely be posting that uh, here on YouTube. And there's a couple of changes that I want to talk about. And before I do that, I definitely want to greet my fave, Daniela. What's going on? How are you? Hey, I'm I'm doing good. I'm just, the holidays are here. A lot of things are happening on my end. Good things, though. Just, they're all happening at one time. So that's a little bit of stress, but I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Yeah, it's good to see you. Glad to have you back. But I definitely want to talk about some of these changes. I don't think these changes really affect us, um, but it definitely affects uh, the individuals who actually look for the information where we post it. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so the first thing I want to mention is... Uh, the show radio blog, I am considering, highly considering um, sunsetting that blog uh, because of the fact that uh, I want to use a platform called Substack. Substack is a platform where I could pretty much funnel all that content in on that particular platform. And from there, what I'll be doing is um, it does have an option to subscribe to a newsletter. So I wanted to use that particular function. I think that's going to help uh, find all our stuff. Um, so I want to mention exactly what what is happening, okay? So in an effort to streamline the content post, I'll be sunsetting the TSR blog, the showradio.info. I'm going to sunset that. The audio podcast will still live on in the podcast feeds, and the show notes will be posted on the Substack blog. So that's the major change there. Uh, the podcast will be posted there as well and other content, maybe uh, some crypto stuff, some tech stuff, unboxing things, all the things that we're doing on a show radio blog, I'm actually shifting that over. Uh, so, so that's the main thing that's changing. So definitely join the newsletter. That's going to be at andrew-alliance.com. So that will route you to the Substack blog itself. Now, a couple of things that, that are going to remain the same. Uh, the individuals that are allowed to clip our content, uh, the only person I know is Daniela. She has full access to clip anything that she wants from any video that we we cut or any audio that we record, uh, she's always had full license to do that. Um, so whether she takes that off the Substack blog or whatever, um, she doesn't have to ask me for anything like that. So that's always been, you know, the agreement that we've had ever since we started recording back in episode 340. So that's the housekeeping stuff. So andrew-alliance.com, that will route you to the Substack blog. This episode here is going to live there as a YouTube link and a blog post over there. And then from there, we'll have all our call to actions from Danielle's Twitch channel, her Twitter and everything that she's doing. That's going to live on the blog as well. So you can find her very, very easily. So um, that's the main housekeeping stuff. Um, any thoughts on that, Daniela, before we, no, we jump in? No, it's all good. It's all good. Like, I think as you progress and you continue on, I think this goes for anybody. You got to try out different things. Like, I know you fall into a comfort area. Of like you stick with this routine because it worked for you, but at some point you got to evaluate where you're at, what you want to do, where you want to hit, what's valuable to you, and can also offer value to other people. So I think that is something that everybody should look into. Really, I mean, not just necessarily Substack, but just your own personal as content creator, um, or even just your like your your life. You got to see, you know, changes are okay. They're a little bit scary, a little bit different. Nothing's permanent. You can always just try out different things. So, you know, hope you, hopefully you guys, you know, join us on this journey. 
stick with us and we appreciate for you know continued listening and support it's it's always awesome yeah absolutely and you you can't get rid of me (laughs) (laughs) you're stuck with me (laughs) you're stuck with me you're not going anywhere so so that's that so andrew-lines.com definitely uh do that also doing some additional uh streaming on the youtube platform i'm actually trying to schedule those in advance uh, so what's happening with that is it's allowing me to be even more accountable to that time frame. Uh, so the first stream that I did that I scheduled was December 5th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. That was earlier today. And I was able to play some Call of Duty Vanguard. So that was kind of fun because I wanted to get back into that flow. But yeah, so definitely check that out. And I appreciate you guys supporting us. And uh, the next thing that we want to mention is Daniela went to a special trip. Uh, so a- an amazing orchestral performance and i definitely want to hear all that good stuff daniela talk to us about all that oh my goodness like it was it was a quick two-day trip to oahu um and boy did i need it i just needed a whole change of of scenery because i have not traveled uh, since like it was sad because when I was packing I only brought a duffel bag and my duffel bag had you know the baggage tag from my last trip my last trip was September 30th of 2019 and I'm like that is over two years ago this the, it made me so sad because that was TwitchCon actually I believe that was for TwitchCon I'm like oh my goodness I haven't gone anywhere um, which, you know, is understandable if you want, you know, um, you want to be safe, you're following all these rules, you didn't go anywhere, but I needed to. And uh, so I went to Oahu to go and see the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake symphony orchestra. Uh, it was, a, I, I thought they, would, they they were here before for some something else, but apparently they weren't. Um, and I guess they were supposed to actually be here before but covid happened so it was delayed and actually worked out well i guess because there were some songs that they got to add on um i misplaced where the program was that played all the songs but it was it was amazing um i went the very first night they had two showings they had one um saturday evening and then they had one sunday afternoon they uh they did have you know those covid restrictions you had to wear a mask you had to present your your vaccination card there was at one point earlier on where uh if you had a negative test result that they were going to allow attendees then but our governor and our state changed something so you absolutely like they wouldn't even take a negative test result you had to have your vaccination card um and everybody was super respectful they kept their mask on they're like nobody put up a fight of it and it was it was great it wasn't it wasn't fully packed there was a couple seats that were empty but there was a good showing at least for that first night um and i'm so so glad i went that first night because apparently they didn't show up for the second showing on on sunday but um nobu uematsu he was there and that is huge he is a music composer for final fantasy and i thought that was like oh my god there's a legend in in this room and it was fantastic. And then later on, they also announced that Hironobu Sakaguchi was there, who was the creator of the Final Fantasy series, was there as well. And like people, people lost it. Um, they, you know, it it's interesting because they didn't really give a speech. They did like they were there. They sat in the audience. They, they, they sat and listened. 
Uh, people were so incredibly respectful. Nobody had their phones out to, you know, to record it or anything like that. They just, people sat there and they enjoyed this music. Obviously, when they did these announcements that um, Nobu Uematsu, who wasn't announced that they were going to be there at all, was, was there. Of course, people had to take pictures and they, they did. And once the music started again, everybody put it away. But I... I don't think that I could ever listen to those songs the same way again, because to experience it live, to, to hear it with this orchestra was definitely one of like the most spectacular experiences that I've ever had just to feel that. Um, they had, you know, they had cutscenes from Final Fantasy VII Remake playing. Um, they had a story about like, you know, uh, there's a couple songs that they, they got to add on last minute because they got the license approval to do it. Um, it was it was just beautiful. They had some videos that played of different people who are part of the process of creating the music um, that also played and gave these like interviews. It was just beautiful. I didn't I didn't want it to end. It was about um, two and a half hours overall. Um, I had a friend who was able to make it last minute. Uh, there wasn't, there really wasn't any, you know, cosplayers there. There was one, uh, one couple that was, um, which was really cute. Um, but I, I got some, you know, I, my boyfriend was really nice. He, he went and stand in line for some merch stuff. But here's the thing that I don't understand. And I feel like people were doing them themselves a disservice is that, so there was a merch line. And obviously when, you know, when they were performing, everybody was inside. They were sitting in the symphony hall. But it's like when intermission was starting to come up and people saw that on the program, like, oh, this is the last song before the intermission. It's like people got up in the middle of a song to go stand in line. Like, why? Like, the merch isn't that important. Like, at least to me, I mean, it's cool to have and it's really great. The lines went really, like, pretty fast. But this is an amazing performance. Like, you're sure you might be missing, like, the last five minutes. But, like, so many walked out, like, just before the intermission. Like, they announced Hironobu Sakaguchi um, was there. Those people who went to stand in line missed that. Like, there's a difference between, like, there was a, there's a, a screen, a TV screen, a small one that's out in the lobby. So you can see the performance going on in case he, like, ran off. But to be in the same room with them and to see them uh, in this symphony hall versus I'm standing in the merch line in the lobby. Like, why is it really that important? Especially, especially since they had a QR code that you can go. And you can shop for it and buy it online. Like, do that. Like, you paid money to be here, to have this experience, to watch this performance. Just order it on your phone. You don't need it there. I mean, it's a special link that was specifically for these special memorabilia. Only half of it. Like, maybe not even half. Maybe, like, four or five items were very specific to this event. But everything else, you can buy it from this special shop for specifically for this event or from the Final Fantasy store. Like, why get up? But, you well, know, some people, that's on them. Some people don't really... Okay, so unless the, the thing is exclusive to the event right because um 
because I went to Texas recently, as you know, and there was a hoodie that I really wanted, but that hoodie was exclusive to the event only, and it wasn't going to be sold online. Now, that's one situation where you're like, okay, if if they don't have enough, they're going to run out. I have to make sure I get, you know, whatever that item is, right? But if what you're saying, if whether you were online or not, it was available, now that's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the exclusive stuff was available in that store. It's specific to there. Like, you could sit, you could order it from your chair. You didn't have to leave. You could have. You just, just rushed and just buy it on top of there. It's like... No, so what, what was the what was the biggest what was the biggest moment for you that you know all here? I know all of it, but like, was there like one one part where that was just like, oh man, this, you know, what what what, what do you remember from from that? All of it, all of it, <laughs> all of it, literally all of it. But I will say the one that I think was I wasn't expecting to. I guess I kind of was expecting it to be impactful. Not like I was about to cry. Like I felt like I was going to cry every single song, but there is one that like, there's just no way I can ever or ever want to experience it any other way. It was Sifiroth's theme song. It was so deep, so powerful. Mm. Like this is how I want to listen to this every single time. Like, can I just have you in my home any time that he just shows up right like right. that it was so powerful and it was actually the, the last song that they played um was it dark his theme it, you know what i mean yeah it, it was dark but it was just it was it was just powerful um and the, the other thing that i thought was really amazing so they had they had the choir there, and it wasn't until the second to the last song before the intermission that I realized that they were all singing with their masks on. Okay. And I could not tell that they had their mask on at all. Like, it didn't have a muffled sound to it. It sounded so clear, and I was like, wow, you, mask is on? Right. All right. 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 <laughs> but um now do they have no, do they have like um like a Spotify compositions that you can like listen to now or Well they, they have the soundtrack on it, but um this this world tour is I think they choose the symphony that the symphony that's playing it. It's not like the same orchestra is is following along wherever they go. I think they choose the orchestra for that area that they're gonna be in. Got it. Uh, but the soundtrack is is um is on Spotify itself. So what would I look for? Just, it doesn't like I tried to listen to it on Spotify. Yeah, it sounds great on Spotify, but live. Yeah, live is live. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> what what would I look was, for though? If I wanted to hear, like, um, would it be under um, Square Enix or would it just be Final Fantasy orchestral? compositions like well you know like i just i would just love to kind of like sample it is yeah i know it's not the same but yeah but it's not the same but it still sounds good it's on there i I, i'm sure it's under square enix's thing too but i know that there's a whole playlist that's specific for each of those um the final fantasy games itself would you go again um oh 100 i would go again with like 
I was a little bit nervous because it's not, it's like during the holidays, it's hard to spend money on like on your, just yourself for the holidays. Um, when you have other people that you want to get gifts for, but I like, this was like me and my family, we needed to get off of this Island. Even if it's for a couple days, we needed to get off. Um, how long was your trip from one Island to the other? What's that? It's like 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay. 30 minutes to get to, to Oahu, about an hour and a half to get to like Maui. I think it's, a, I think it's roughly the same thing for big Island too, okay. but it's only, it's only like a 30 minute trip. From here to there is cost. I think that specific flight cost us like one hundred and seventeen dollars per person, um, and that's flying on Southwest. So Hawaiian Airlines was like one hundred and eighty nine dollars, and that was the cheapest flight. We caught the first flight out on Saturday. The last flight back on Sunday. We were there for less than forty eight hours. Got a lot done. Ate a lot of great food. But the one thing that I do not like about Oahu that stresses me out, it 100% stresses me out, I absolutely hate driving in Oahu. Mm. I will drive in any other city, no problem. But when you're in Waikiki, um, Aiea, well, not, Aiea is not so bad, but Waikiki area, sometimes their, their lines, their street lines are just barely existent. Okay. Got so it. good luck guessing how many lanes that you have. Right. It oh my goodness. It it drives me it drives me insane. And and people ugh. It it just stresses me out. It really does. I will drive anywhere else. I'll drive in LA. I'll drive in Chicago. I will drive in New York. I'll drive in any other city. LA is crazy though. I, LA is crazy, but at least I know how many lanes there are and what people are doing and what's expected of me. And there's far less one way streets than there are in in Oahu. And, the, and it says a lot that in Honolulu is rated in the top, I think, like the latest that I heard, is the top five worst traffic in the nation. That says a lot. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. I think we had a couple, like, car accidents that we saw, too, that were right on the highway there. Just, it was, it was bad. But, but you don't have that um, many roads, right? What do you mean? Well, on Kauai, we don't have. Okay. But Oahu has a lot of ridiculous roads. And I think what drives me insane, too, sometimes is that there's a lot of lot of places where you'll have, like, you know, you have two-way traffic streets, which is kind of normal. But then there's a certain point where that two-way street suddenly turns into a one-way. And, like... Oh, you continue to stay on this road, make a left. <laughs> right. <laughs> and suddenly the traffic that's aside, that's in front of you, across from you at this traffic light, is all one way coming this way. Right. Onto what was a two-way street, but on that side, it's a one-way. Like, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Ugh, I, I don't. And they have a lot of traffic that goes on. They have a lot of street repairs going on. They have a ridiculous like bullet train that is overpriced and way past oh, its deadline of being done. Um, I think that someone, somebody in a while who told me that it cost them like several billion dollars already. And it's not even a quarter of the way done. It is, it is, it's costing more than what was supposed to be estimated. It's already taking two times longer to complete than it is estimated. Got it. So, it's not going to be done for like another 10 years. Some Interesting. ridiculous thing. 
but um yeah it was it was a great trip um I, it was nice to get off the island i got to see a couple friends there we went out to eat caught got to find some new places to eat and then it's just <sighs> Oahu isn't really my first place and choice to like go out like if I want to go to a city I will choose like it'll cost me the same amount almost overall to go to San Diego or LA as it does for me to spend time in Oahu so sometimes I'll just choose like I might as well just go to California um, and it was my boyfriend's first time really exploring Oahu because when we last went there it was to work at a convention and so we had an Airbnb that was a couple blocks away and we worked at the convention the entire three days and we didn't go anywhere else. So this is his first time actually seeing the island. And his impression was, he's like, this is basically LA. Got it. I'm like, yeah, it pretty much is. So I don't know why people choose Honolulu or Waikiki for their vacations. Because it's, you know. Because it's like it's Hawaii, and that's the first thing that people think of. So if right. you want to come on vacation, you want something different, choose Maui. Go mm. to Maui. Man, so um, I didn't even look at their calendar to see if they were going to be where they were going to be floating around. Um, but it might be something I, I want to look into in the future. You know, to to visit like live orchestral performances are the best the best you know and it's it, something it is yeah something that it you know is. and anyone should experience everyone should experience uh for sure so i'm glad you had a good time i i did i did let's see there there's supposed to be upcoming concerts for final fantasy 7 it's december 9th they're supposed to be in france december 11th in barcelona spain Wow, that's, that's a lot of places. Really, it really is worldwide. Um, but they'll be stateside again, December twenty eighth. They'll be in Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. Um, but they'll be in your neck of the woods, January seventh and eighth. They'll be in New York. Hmm. Okay. It, they they have a very full list if you go and look it up. But I yeah, I highly recommend it. I loved it. It was amazing. Uh, one of the greatest things is that they were, they were talking like during, you know, in between songs, they would take the time to like explain a couple things. So I didn't know that this was the first time that they've ever performed or was ever brought to like, it's not like the first like worldwide concert that they ever put on, but it was the first time they ever came to Hawaii. Okay. Like uh, if anything, they'll choose like LA and people will have to fly to LA if they were coming from Hawaii, but it's uh, the first time that they've ever had the opportunity to perform and present this in Hawaii and I thought that was huge it was amazing it was also one of the first like you know um kind of concerts that got to be put on because of, of COVID um, yeah I was uh, and, just about to ask you that yeah so yeah, that that, that was that. a huge that was a huge thing and it, it was awesome traffic was crazy getting in because apparently apparently um uh there was a Joe Coy who is a Filipino comedian that we love here in Hawaii that was also performing um, at the same time. And it was also the first time I ever learned. It's funny because I have some friends who, who already live in Oahu who didn't realize, didn't realize that the, uh, the Blaisdell had a symphony hall because they were joining us last minute. And I've, I've only been on the other side of the Blaisdell. 
where they have conventions and we've we've actually worked at conventions on that side um and that's the side i was always used to coming as an entrance and parking and they had valet parking the the traffic was ridiculous i was getting so upset that i was like we're gonna do valet parking to get this done and over with i don't care if it costs me 25 dollars. i want to get out of this traffic um the first place was like oh that's not for us you want to go on this side which is on the other side on the other side of the street and other entrance and then my friends were coming they were like yeah go on the symphony side they're like there's a symphony side right yeah it's on this road i'm like really and they like been here all these years and like we didn't know this side of the blazedale existed i'm like neither did i but it was great it was a great experience for everybody loved it i loved it i would i would do it again in a heartbeat uh i am so there so i I hope that you know more happen um it doesn't even matter for the game i think the last one i wanted to go to that was kind of a symphony orchestra but it was only in la um, was actually they had one for Meta Gear Solid. Mm. Kind of, I kind of wish that I made it to that one, but uh, I would just, love like, to see time wise. That would be dope. It didn't work out. Mm. So, highly recommend it if it's going to be in your area. I got to look at these prices, it, maybe, and it. COVID restrictions and stuff. I got to see what they're talking about with that too. So, see what they're saying. But, uh, but yeah. So that that's that's dope. That's dope. What do we got next? What do we got next? I don't have it up right now. Next on the list, um, <laughs> Mikhail's uh, how pod. Was, um, yeah, how was your how's the podcast? I, I like I gotta I gotta listen to uh, some of it, you guys. What'd you think? You guys had a good chemistry. See you talking about your crypto. Yeah, we um. You gotta gotta you have a lot of good advice. You always do, no matter where you're at, mm. no matter who you're talking with. You got you got gems all the time. <laughs> Well, thank you, Danielle. I appreciate that. Um, I think it was good. I think it was good. It was definitely different than the last one for me. Um, yeah. And the fact that that was the last one, I'm grateful too because I don't have to be invited anywhere. But I'm I'm grateful that you know he took the time to invite me to his podcast, uh, the number one Hawaii podcast, right, uh, Mikel Casanova. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm always grateful to jump on because I think that. When I hear somebody's show often enough, I kind of have an idea of who their audience is a little bit. So my framework and how I deliver the information will be different than how I talk here, right? Because here I'm home. Yep. But you could tell I'm different when I was on there, right? But the different wasn't all business. Yeah, it's it's a different vibe. It's it's a different vibe, and I think that um, because I know that there are certain things that I can say that he can't say because he's home, right? Because you're still you're still allowing individuals to come into your space. You do have a freedom to say whatever you want, but at the same time, you tailor it in such a way for the people that you're talking to. So yeah. where, whereas I can say something and pretty provocative, he might not be able to say it because, you know, this, this it's, a, it's a weird thing, but it's a nuance that over time, as you and I have seen, when you're different places, you just have to frame things a little bit differently. But I think that overall, the conversation was good. I mean, we talked about, you know, some finance stuff. We talked about gaming. We talked about, you know, YouTube content creation. So definitely, you know, if you're on YouTube, you know, search Mikel Casanova and um, you'll find his um, and he has a pretty good following, too. I think he's over. I think he's over 11K. 
maybe almost yeah, yeah. 13k he, has a goal. he definitely has a goal of hitting hopefully 13k by the end of the year which he's really close to i think it's 12.8k right yeah now. so yeah so he's he's moving on and he's i mean it's a big platform if you have over 10,000 people uh who have uh subscribed to your channel i think that's that's a big deal so um and and his content um has has uh changed over the years right um and um i'm happy for him for the change i'll say that um yeah that's all i got there but yeah change is always good i mean yeah. you got to find what works for you like i said at the beginning of the show it's just that don't ever get too comfortable in a certain space for too long like it's it's good to stick with the classics that you're good at yeah but don't be afraid to branch out and try out different things because you never know if you're better at it or it's a preferred thing or it's more fun. Um, yeah. just and, always, he's, and he's a dad he's now, a, right? Yeah. New new dad. Got to balance that all out you know, too. Baby's walking and, and all that. So, yeah, definitely congrats. So, shout outs to Mikel Casanova. I appreciate him for, for the time. And, and, yeah, we had a good time. We had a good time, a good conversation. Um, so, yeah, check him out. Uh, next thing we have is Sword and Fairy 7. I didn't know they had six games, if if that's what the number stands for. But this one just got on my radar because I was watching a YouTube video. And this game looks really good. It's an RPG slash very similar to the uh, open world, uh, free moving Final Fantasy type games, the later games. And uh, it looks amazing. You know, I downloaded the demo. I'm going to check that out. Um, I don't know if I want to do it on stream or not yet, but uh, who knows? You, you never know. But Sword and Fairy 7, um, it's on Steam. Uh, thoughts on that? Any picture from what you saw? Pictures You're going to have a hard time convincing any Final Fantasy fans right now of trying anything else. Right. And Walker just came out. People are on that. They're mm. in it. I'm, I'm not right now because I'm behind. Okay. I'm behind. I'll be honest about that. I don't have as much free time as I once had, but I know the hype, the excitement. Like I know people who are just killing time playing new world, jumped on new world for a bit to get that MMO thing. But right. like, you know what? They got that done and walkers out. They got some time scheduled off. They got their snacks. They got their drinks. If they're right. lucky to go to like target and pick up an Xbox mini fridge for them, they got that stocked up. They are ready for this content. However, there's been a lot of cues, a lot of downtime, a lot of issues going on. But then that's kind of like, it's it sucks to have that experience and those long cues, the disconnects. But to a certain degree, it's kind of expected, especially with so many people. They have this new expansion coming out um, to be jumping on and wanting to play it, which is just like Final Fantasy does so well. It's like they're adding on to this concept that so many people are like they'll take a little bit of break they did everything they possibly could but they're there day one to jump right back into it that that says a lot it just it's got to find a little bit of balance there in their worlds and they're trying their best i mean i i never hold it against you know i i personally for me do not hold that against you know developers for uh you know having their their servers bogged down because it's not like it's that often that Final Fantasy has or Final Fantasy 14 has that issues. Um I did kind of was a little bit critical about it when Amazon came out. When Amazon's um New World came out because how do you have like you know the server services for everybody but your own game you're suffering. 
right <laughs> and not not enough available um and such the small like limit that they had um for each world well They've if you want that. to you could check out sword and fairy seven i'm so sorry i totally like jacked it just to go on this if like, you want to there. i'm so sorry <laughs> It's up to you. It's up to you. Definitely consider it. I mean, it it looks pretty dope, but I, I know it's tough because once a game um, puts this, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? When you recognize the genre because of one game and what they've done, it's very difficult to play other titles, right? Like if a game is known for being the uh, last man standing game, Whenever you refer to a game, you say, oh, it's kind of like this game. Like, you know, if it's a fighting game that changed the genre forever, oh, it's kind of like Street Fighter, right? So so all these genres have a game that stood out for for years now. And I think that a lot of uh, games have uh, in, been inspired by those games to create what they've, create, uh, what they've created lately. So whether it's uh, 007 GoldenEye that has inspired your Call of Duties of the world, which, you know, true story, you know, to the Street Fighters, to the King of Fighters, and every other game that's come out, uh, Guilty Gear, I'm sure was inspired by all the previous fighting games before it, right? So I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair that people will stick to uh, uh, the GOAT, if you will, uh, before they jump into other, other platforms um, or, or similar genres of, of gaming. So I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it is fair. I mean, right now, just because N. Walker came out, they're going to be sticking with that. But the thing is, what's great is that when they did all they possibly could and they're waiting for the next X-Pack, they do. People go out and explore. I mean, that's why I had some friends playing New World and trying that out. Um, did you love it? Just did you like it? That. What, New World? Yeah. I know we briefly talked about I it. I guess we I kinda... can revise yeah. my original thoughts. We kind of talked about, about it. Um. You know, I didn't have harsh things to say, but after having, you know, I have well over 100 hours now in the game. Um, it got really repetitive. Like, the, the storyline, the quests, it just wasn't, like, you don't have any investments into any of the characters whatsoever. Um, you're just kind of going through the motions, uh, the quests they have you going through is like repetitive, just in different areas. Uh, and it got to the point where even like leveling up certain, um, skills or trades isn't, isn't that rewarding? Mm. So I've definitely trailed off on playing it more. Um, they had some like updates, they had some new content come out, but uh, it's not, it's, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm getting uh, the satisfaction of, um, being invested in it. it. It's still like one of the, still one of the things that is really like a pro for it. That is not very common. It is one set price. There's no subscription fees. So you pay that price and you just play to your heart's content. There's some um, in-game, like, really, like, um, cosmetics. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of the only price point. And I think that's actually a really huge thing that it doesn't offer that. So if you want the MMO experience, but you don't want to pay a subscription base, then New World would be it. 
mm-hmm. but don't expect some thought like really thorough thought out world with this and you know strong characters and a storyline that you're going to be invested in just don't expect that like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that's where i'm at with it and i think that's kind of eh. <laughs> i want i like the storyline so i like being you know and i i think that's really where like Final Fantasy really shines like so many people are invested in all of the characters they come across the stories that happen the world that it's in there's a lot to invest in and, and, and that's why people keep coming back in I I'm, I can't talk about WoW I don't know I don't know that lore I don't know that world I've never played it it's never really attracted me to want to give it a try but even then, I'm sure that there's storylines in there and there's characters that people, you know, gravitate towards and they like. And that's why WoW kind of, like, has been this mainstay for so long. I don't think that New World really has that staying power. I can see it maybe doing well for a couple years before really fizzling out. And that's really being generous. Mm. Okay, that's fair. All right. Um, so next thing we got, uh, Warframe's major update. Warframe has, um, I've always enjoyed Warframe, uh, just for the fact that you could just run around in it and just, um, you know, take things out. Right. And that's the nature of the looter shooters. It is a very in-depth looter shooter and it was out, uh, uh, and according to my understanding, it was out before the destinies of the world. Uh, so their next major yep. update, uh, Warframe's December 15th update, will introduce Kalibon, a new sentient Warframe hybrid that brings the game's total Warframe count up to 48 Warframes. Uh, so definitely check that out if you're still wondering what's happening in that particular universe. I am too, uh, but this is a uh, cinematic expansion for Warframe, uh, the new war. That'll be launching on December 15th on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC. Uh, so definitely check that out, Warframe. I, I need to jump back that in there. That world is a little bit too big for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot happening in that. And I mean, that's pretty much all we have there. I wanted to give you that update. Uh, next thing we have is uh, Twitch's new tool. And then after you talk about that, Danielle, I'll give that to you. Um, I have some thoughts on YouTube moving forward so i I want to hear your your thoughts on twitch's new tool and then we'll talk about youtube for a little bit so it's nice that twitch didn't just stop with only like that two-factor authentication that they actually are you know they're kind of following up with they said that they're working on stuff they're rolling stuff out so it's nice to see that they have this tool going in um i like that they kind of prefaced it with like hey no ai system is perfect um, that you're going to be tagging this, your moderator is going to be tagging that, and then giving this this option because we all had this huge issue that if you ban somebody, they can still watch your stuff, they can still subscribe to your stuff, you, they can still do all of these things, they just can't talk in your chat, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like when you ban somebody, I want them gone, gone, not just kind of gone. So it's nice that they're incorporating this and they have this flagging system and it's only like, okay, if you flag and tag this thing as like, it's kind of sus or completely like, okay, you're trying to do a ban invasion and flag you for this, have you out there. Um, 
here's a careful thing that you have to do. And this is something that I don't personally understand. And it's a sense of like kind of a humor thing that you have between a humor relationship. You have to be as like a viewer and a streamer are the people who do like the playful trolling. I, I don't even like the playful trolling. And where like some moderators will do that whole joke of like, you know, 30 second ban on somebody. Please be aware. Please be aware that by doing this, you completely remove this person, their subscriptions, their followings, everything. So um, even if it's a joke and you're just going to unban them and it's all playful banter, just remember that those things get kind of removed. Uh, talk to your moderators. Consider this. And not even talk to your viewers like, hey, you know, we're just playing. We're doing this. We got to be a little bit less like maybe change up our joking a little bit um i do like that they uh twitch is doing something though they're kind of following it up well, hopefully they continue to follow up and they continue to improve upon this um definitely always like with anything new that uh, comes up especially if, that if it's coming from twitch to really familiarize yourself with it know the ins and outs of it know how you're going to implement it go and look it up um and just you know if you're one of those content creators that have that really like meetings, I guess you can have with your mods to really find out how you want it to be implemented. How like, don't always assume that your mods know exactly what you want. Like no matter how long they have been with you, um, they get a good feeling about what you like, what you don't like. It's always good to have that open conversation because it's just like they're growing with you too, you know? So I guess that that's my thoughts on it. I like it. I like it. So yeah. So the next thing I want to uh, mention, right in the uh, the streaming category, if you will, is um, Ludwig now exclusive on YouTube by way of streaming. Right, that was recently announced, um, and I think he did his first stream not too long ago. So I I am making a prediction, right, that uh, more individuals will begin moving over to YouTube between now and spring. I know that's a big time frame. And the reason I say that is because, and we can go back and forth on this maybe for a couple of minutes, and then we'll have one more topic and then we'll wrap, is what is Twitch really offering at this point that is so exclusive to the platform that you have to bleed purple at this point, right? That's, I mean, that could be biased, I know, but what what is it, Right. Is it clips? YouTube is getting that, right? Is it uh, memberships and subscriptions? YouTube got that already, right? Everything that Twitch has as a platform between now and by spring, hopefully, you'll see most of those bits and pieces into the YouTube ecosystem and platform. And they're making sure that they're adding those things and keeping people updated. And of course, it's the biggest uh, search engine in the world next to Google right? By way of discovery. And we know that uh, Twitch, and I don't remember the terminology, so please help me out here, that you can pay to boost your your streamer up in the category of Twitch, right? That was a recent thing? Um, Yeah, that was uh, came out a couple months ago, which turned like a lot of backlash because it turned into a pay to win, but you had to be like, you couldn't be too popular, like you had to be an up and coming, but it's just a, a means of literally pay to win and 
you know, your community can pay to have you show up on, you know, front page or discovery for X amount of time. Right, right. And then to be fair, one of the the draw to Twitch is how you can build an, an incredible community. Um, and that's still one of the core things that people are attracted to for the Twitch platform, right? And YouTube is, is trying to find different ways to do that. And they haven't gotten that right yet, right? They're still working on how can we foster, yes, they have a community tab, that's cool, but how can you foster individuals as soon as you go live, they're running to your stream on YouTube. They don't necessarily do that on YouTube unless, you know, you're a super, super big streamer, right? Unless you're a Courage or unless you're a, um, I guess, Ludwig at this point. That's the recent one, right? Or or anybody else that was an exclusive recent sign for the YouTube platform. So they're still trying to get that right. But as they're getting that right and and perfecting that, I think that more individuals will see that although it's it's tougher, it seems, to build a community on the YouTube platform, it's more rewarding because of what YouTube offers as a platform. And I don't think anybody can argue that, right? As a platform. Things are already yeah. built in. The ad system is already built in. The YouTube partnership program is already built in, right? The search and discover, uh, discoverability is already built in, right? The hard work is not, right? Because you still have to do that, but you still have to do hard work on Twitch. Now, I, I shouldn't make it seem like it's not hard work to build a Twitch community. I don't think that's fair, but there's still work that is a little bit um, easier for you when it comes to discoverability on the YouTube platform. And I think that's that's it. I think that's all I have there by way of that, I guess, bit. But more individuals will begin leaving Twitch because of the, you know, weighing out their options, if you will. Uh, thoughts on that? I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. So to answer your, your first question about what is it that Twitch really offers that's so much better for me, the only thing that is the biggest difference is that Twitch is still that household go-to name for a live streaming platform. That's like, it's kind of what they're known for. I mean, YouTube, it's definitely there. It's pretty, it's pretty close to being on that super competitive level for them. But Twitch still has that history of being known for pre-recorded and edited content, not necessarily live content. Um, and I think that is a hurdle to to really get through because there is a huge audi audience, a huge pool of people that is much wider that I, I think than what Twitch has because so many people have been going to YouTube to for literally everything, everything. Like it's it's like if there's something you don't know how to do, you YouTube it. It doesn't matter what that thing is. If if you're if you don't know how to build a shelf, YouTube. You don't know how to fix something on your car, YouTube. You don't know how to get past this level in this game, YouTube. It's it's always been been there. So there's a huge audience that utilizes that. Now it's just really changing about like you said, how to get people to tune in for that live content. Um and that's really I think the only benefit that Twitch really has is that it established itself as that live content already. Um, it's it kind of has tried, and it really still does not as strongly to you know post up you know clips and or like not more than clips, but um, what was it? They had their library where you can 
upload edited videos and have people like go and check those out. And they had the whole thing where you can have those pre, um, uh, I forgot what they were calling it already. What, the premiere stuff? Um, that kind of stuff? Yeah, or? the premiere stuff. You okay. know, for, for they, they, they had that, but they, you know, they didn't do that very well. I mean, it wasn't utilized as strongly as it possibly could have been. Um, they tried to do the YouTube thing. Not, didn't work out so well. And, you know, now YouTube's trying to do uh, the entire Twitch and live stream thing. Um, Facebook too. I mean, I feel that Facebook ultimately has a bigger pool, a bigger audience to attract people than YouTube and Twitch does combined. But they just kind of getting people like the same exact thing. They have their own hurdles too. Although I think that YouTube has a closer and better chance right now at the moment of being that true competitor. Um, and I think like, yeah, there's a lot of work that you still have to do. It's not like you can just put yourself up and, you know, people come showering in. You got to put it like, no matter what platform you're using, you got to put the work in. Absolutely. Now, what I will say, the biggest differences between any of those platforms is the work itself. Like what you do on Twitch isn't going to work on attracting people on YouTube. What you do on YouTube and Twitch isn't going to work for Facebook. They have different ways of advertising and different ways for you attracting another, you know, audience to you. There's always different. You have to really look about which way, which method kind of works for you on top of which platform resonates with you as a creator. So it's really, you know, you really got to fill them all out. Absolutely. But I don't think, I don't think right now at this stage of the game, that people should be just dead set on one. I know in the past I've said like, you know what, give them all a try and see what it is. But don't, like if you've been streaming on Twitch five, six years or even a year, I don't believe there's anything, unless you have a contract, which you gotta be pretty darn special to have a contract, exclusive contract with Twitch. Um, I don't think there's anything you should do that should hold you specifically to that platform because you don't know what kind of opportunities um you could possibly get trying out any of the other two uh i i the way i see it i i feel i feel like you shouldn't feel like you're just held to that you're so right. much more than the platform that you're on right which is why i avoided the contract i wanted to get out of it because i knew that the long-term play for me you know, in the future, in the near future was going to be the YouTube platform. So I had to get out of that contract, the affiliate contract, because you have to mm -hmm. email them to get out of it. You can't just get out of it just like, okay, I'm done. So. You yeah. got to make the choice that that's best for you. If you like the way the work process that you have for Twitch, sure. But same time, even if you're not going to be live streaming on YouTube, or on Facebook, pre-recorded content off stream, still put yourself out there. Diversify your content, whatever you're doing. If you like doing it on TikTok, make some content for TikTok. You like being on Snapchat, be on Snapchat. Whatever it is, diversify, put yourself out there. 
see where that audience is coming from. And and that's just for wherever you're preferring to live stream. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I dig it. Uh, yeah, so I'm thinking spring 2022, at least by then, we'll see a lot of shifts from a lot of probably people we see talk a lot on Twitter and whatever the platform is that we use these days, right? To share our thoughts, if you will. And I think a lot of people are going to start moving around um, between now and spring of 2022. It's my prediction. I could be wrong, but we'll see. So there's that. And then uh, last but not least, uh, Titanfall gets delisted on pretty much every digital platform. Thoughts on that? Um, I think Titanfall is, is amazing. Titanfall 2 was really dope too. One of the most underrated games because of when it launched. What do you think about all that? I hope that there's a good influx of people who don't want to have FOMO and they're going to purchase it before it's completely delisted. But it's nice that they're keeping up their, their servers for the core fan base to yeah. continue playing. Um, other than that, I think it's a very interesting and unique choice to go and do. Yeah. I mean, it keeps it makes people talk, right? What's yeah. what's next? Titanfall three being in works, right? So you have those conversations like what's going on now, right? So I think that uh Titanfall has always been one of those games where uh it's like, wow, it it, it showed up and we we loved it, but yet when the second one showed up, like why did you launch around this time, right? Why didn't you wait till the next the first quarter of the the following year, right? And that hurt the second game which a lot of folks will say that the second game is probably one of the best campaigns in a very, very long time, right? So there's that. But yeah, so uh, Titanfall being delisted on uh, most uh, digital platforms, you know, you can still play the multiplayer from what I gathered, uh, but it, it it is a dope game. If you can get it still, definitely pick it up. It is definitely one of the more unappreciated shooters that was just ruined with the timing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's all we have, uh, Daniela. Uh, so guys, uh, the shifts that, that we're making, we're still going to be here creating content on the platforms. Daniela is still considering Twitch, you know, for her stuff as she's, you know, prepping that, that, you know, uh, grind, if you will. You know, I'm grinding on YouTube right now. We're grinding together on the podcast and we're just framing things a little bit differently for you to access it. Uh, definitely check out the Substack blog, andrew-lions.com. I guess, yeah, that's that. Why did that sound weird? <laughs> why did you sound so unsure? I, I, I wasn't <laughs> like... sure. Andrew-lions.com. That is, that will reroute you to the Substack blog. Definitely subscribe to the newsletter. Daniela, uh, final thoughts and just uh, take us out, you know? No, going going on, like, I think a lot of this COVID time is about a lot of self-discovery for myself about I, what I want, what I want to do. And I think a lot of people and creators, you got you to gotta take that time. Um, I'm taking way too much time, but that is my process. Um, no, I'm actually trying to familiarize myself with stream elements. Um, I am going to definitely be one of those people who are following my actions with, um, you know, what I, what I say, um, you know, a couple episodes ago, we talked about, uh, stream, uh, labs and their practices and what they're doing. And I've been, I use stream labs for a very long time. Um, but for just my own personal choice and my morals, um, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that they were doing. So I'm over here trying to learn stream elements and figuring out what I want from over there. 
um, and making those those changes. If anybody got any like good tips or stuff, like please send them my way. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Miss DJM. Any advice or any cool like little widgets or things that you think are cool? I would love to know about them. There's a lot. There's a lot of changes that uh, Stream Elements have definitely offered over the last couple of years that I didn't even realize was there. And that is actually really, really cool. Um, so I'm being, making those changes so that, you know, I, I do want to go back to streaming. There are a lot of games I want to to showcase and, and play. Um, I really do want to be creative and I do want to actually include TikTok into that. Which I'm not the the most creative person. Like I, you have no I idea disagree. how happy, you can do how happy and proud of I, I was for making a TikTok video for my Oahu trip. Like I was, I'm turning into that mom where I showed it to my Wait, son. Wait, did like, you what I did. did you post that? Yes, I did. On um, where IG? Um, on TikTok and on Instagram. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. So. That's where I'm at with my life, trying to reteach myself and get myself out of the box and really evaluate what, where am I at now? Because one of the big soulful things is in rediscovering myself is that I am not the same person I was two, three years ago. Um, and I can't force myself to be the same person I was two, three years ago. I got to find out who I am now in this moment and what kind of content I want and what will make me happy and that what I want to stick with where i'm at Absolutely. so anyways um yeah you can follow me on twitter and that's where i will be at miss djm and where can we find you and any last thoughts that you have andrew yeah you can find me at uh, uriah u-r-i-y-y-a and that's all i have guys thanks for listening thanks for watching uh, we do appreciate that and until next time take care bye